Last week, the markets were largely dominated by the financial firms as they rushed to beat the deadlines of their half-year earnings. Good morning, Africa. Welcome aboard your pulse and everything business in Africa. I am Risa Dong. Somalia's forex traders are such a common feature in many parts of the world and have cut a niche in the business of cross-border money transfers. But with such inventions, why has the country's economy struggled? In this episode, we speak to the finance minister of Somalia. We also look at the impact of commodity prices rebound on some of Africa's economies. For more, follow us on Twitter at the K Financial, and you can find me at Risa Dong. Like many African countries, Somalia's economy is based on agriculture. However, the main economic activity is not crop farming, but livestock raising. Between 1969 and the early 1980s, the government imposed a system characterized by the nationalization of banks, insurance firms, oil companies, and large industrial firms, the establishment of state-owned enterprises, farms and trading companies, and the organizing of state-controlled cooperatives. In the end, this experiment weakened the Somalian economy considerably, and since the collapse of that government, the economy has suffered even more as a result of civil war. But despite this, it's often a beautiful surprise at how Somalia's diaspora community dominates the foreign exchange and cross-border money transfer businesses globally. You have heard of World Remit, no? Here is the Minister of Finance and Economic Planning of Somalia, Abdiraham Bilay, on the country's economy and entrepreneurship spirit. You know, Somalis, whatever other problems they have, uh, I don't want to say they are geniuses, but uh, they are people who are known uh, to be entrepreneurs. They are born entrepreneurs. And therefore, they are always, everybody is just thinking about business. It's like you are born with it. Now, now, let me tell you something, a story that is maybe beside the point here. When I went to America, many, many people to America at the same time. And when I looked at, at everybody, everybody was going to school of business. But who told them to do that? <laughs> it is their innate uh, talents, innate, innate or inclination, I must say. So Somalis are business people. And therefore, now, everything that I have is in my mobile whether the money is here or elsewhere, everything is in the mobile. And so the, the, the issue of writing a check is, is of the past, even though this country is not secure yet, <laughs> still you, you, you use your mobile to do everything. And they are, they are improving and they are improving. The communication is the, is the same thing. They are, every day they are improving. I don't think anybody can compete uh, with the Somali inclination of business. And that is why, uh, that is why we have to put uh, the facility together, facilitate for Somali entrepreneurs everywhere else in the world to congregate here once again and, and, and thrive in, in this country. So we, we, are, we are very happy with, with where we are now. We only want to put uh, the, the, the politics in place, fix the politics and everything else will be fixed. And we are just about to do that. I think over the last four years, well, we have done a lot. Next four years, we'll, we'll, we'll take this country to the heights. That is very important component of your development, particularly uh, when you have to pay. Uh, we are in the HEPEC initiative program. We have been in that program for a while, and we have a, an agreement with the Paris Club, with the international community, both Paris Club and non-Paris Club. Paris Club has about 60% of the debt. The rest are non-Paris Club countries, mostly the Middle East, 
in institutions and countries. Uh, we, as I said, reach the decision point. A decision point defines exactly how to treat the debt with Somalia, particularly the arrears in Somalia. I think that that is not affecting our economy at all. Uh, we are not paying it. We're not paying the charges. We're not paying the interest. We're not paying the principles. And this is the benefit that the international community put together for countries that are, that are developing, countries that are unable uh, to, to repay the heavy debts that were. In fact, ours, if you look at it, it was, it was, it was very small when you look at other, other countries, even though a, a very high proportion of our, our very small uh, GDP so far, so small. Uh, so we have, uh, we have that program in place. Uh, now we are uh, on our way to the completion point. The idea is once we reach the decision point, and 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 that road is not a it's, it's not it's not a piece of cake. Uh, it has a lot of challenges, a lot of conditionalities, and we are we are working on them. Every item we go through exams and hoops and what have you, and uh, so once we reach that next year or the year after, then all the debt will be gone, uh, and therefore will be a clean country. Uh, we are very very careful not to go back to uh, being burdened by debt. Uh, we have a strategy that is. Live within your means. Live within your means. Even if you have to take a long time to get where you are, live within your means. And that is what we are working very closely with Paris Club, non-Paris Club equally. And uh, we are working with the international community, particularly the IMF, which guides everybody uh, as, as far as uh, debt reconciliation and debt management and debt uh, forgiveness is, is concerned, debt cancellation is, is concerned. So we, we are very comfortable with, with where we are. Uh, and the international community is aware of how Somalia is. In fact, Somalia was the one, when you look at the 34 or 35 African countries, Somalia was, uh, was uh, indicated to be the one that uh, completed that process, the shortest period, four years. It's taking seven, eight, or 10 years, some 15 years to, to some countries, from the beginning of the SMB program to the decision point and completion point even longer. But uh, thank God we, 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 have, we have gained our discipline after a long time of chaos in this country, and we are not going to go back there. We will continue forging until we reach the completion point and become a useful member of the international community. Global food commodity prices rebounded rapidly in August after two consecutive months of decline led by strong gains in international price quotations for sugar, wheat and vegetable oils, the Food and Agriculture Organization of the United Nations have reported. But what does this mean for some of Africa's commodity-reliant economies and most importantly, the farmers? Oh yes, we've seen the price of commodities uh, come back lately. And uh, yeah, uh, we've seen that with coffee, we've seen that with tea and other uh, agro-commodities. Uh, in my view, I think it, it's, uh, it's, it's good for, for Africa's economy, particularly this period that uh, there's a lot of economic stress uh, globally. So uh, it means more revenue, but also more importantly is what does it mean for the farmers, you see? For the farmers, of course, it should bring more revenue, uh, but it can only deliver to the farmers if... Uh, the government is setting farm gate price and cutting down on the on the effort of middlemen uh, uh, working between the farmers and the market. Because what we're saying is that uh, farmers don't have direct access to the market. Uh, they are connected to the market by the middlemen. And these middlemen, since they have direct control of the market, they determine the price of the farmers 
and then take it to the, the market where they sell at, at a higher price. So, yeah, I think it's a good development uh, for Africa, particularly in this time that the economy is uh, stressed globally. More revenue can be generated by African countries uh, in line with revenue, but also we need to start thinking of sustainability. We need to start thinking of how it can yield more dividends for farmers by setting farm gate prices and not just taking off this product from farmers at cheaper price and selling higher the commodity market. Yeah, thank you. That was Olawale Rotini, CEO, JR Farms. A look ahead to this week, we expect movement on the bonds market on both the Rwanda Stock Exchange and Uganda Stock Exchange to dominate investor appetite. The Mauritius Swan Index saw a slight drop last week, while the Dar es Salaam All Share Index remains unmoved. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K Financial. And if you have any suggestions or want to check out more stories, visit our website. That is thekfinancial.com. And don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K Financial. And you can find me, Ruth Adong, on Twitter.